Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video games podcast, where we take you through the ups and downs of the wonderful world of video games. We're here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube, absolutely free. However, if you wish to support this grassroots, independent endeavour, head over to patreon.com forward slash Digital. And join the community. Hashtag hand in pocket. This time, I'm joined by the Nearly Man. He wanted a new title. Still resident referee, Logan. How is it going? Yeah, not bad. Always wondered, do you get that intro? Do you have to read it from a script every time? Or do you night off by heart nowadays? Well, that last part there proves a night off by heart because... Word wouldn't bring up my notes. Like I could, that's why I, was, I don't know if you noticed I was scrambling a little bit, like clicking them things. I, and I, I couldn't. So whilst I was doing it, I managed to bundle through it. So it must be injected because for a while I knew it all off by heart because it was unchanged for many years. And then I, I mm. tweaked it slightly. So I have it here in case I get lost one day, but generally seemingly can get through it um, without too many problems. But... Who knows? Just wondered. Yeah. Been meaning to ask that for a couple of weeks now because every week, obviously, I've done it for a number of weeks in a row, and I think this doesn't change at all. It's the same sequence throughout. Could be um, a complaint some people are saying. Maybe they want to change <laughs> intro every time. But um, just wondered whether you did it whether Ronnie remembered or he's well, he's, he's managed to remember that this time. So maybe that that was a test really because I had no access to it and I was flapping. So that's come out nicely. I have toyed with doing the. Most of the intro in like a pre-recorded bit before the start, it rolls as the music's yeah. playing low or something. So it could change it up one day. That could be the way to do it. Like all the independent grassroots to it. And then, cause all you want to say, hello, I'm here and you're here. And it could cut nonsense down, but we'll see. Again, that takes work and I'm not in the business of working in any capacity these days. Um, the undisputed way to kick off a podcast is, of course, news and we've had a bit of a howler for poor Ogsworth Dave Salmon company of heroes free on his fantasy gaming team has now been delayed until the 23rd of February 2023 which effectively kills him from the competition was that a transfer in no I think he's had that let me just double double check that he has had that since day dot which was a very He's made he's made six transfers, so he's, he's well, yeah. over half his team has been gone in and out of there. So it's a valid um, stance to believe that was the case, or, or suggest that. But no, that was in there from the beginning, and they've they've delayed it. Sega have said, "quote They're not quite. It's not quite. Sorry, up to our players or our own high standards, with bugs to squash, pixels to polish, gameplay to adjust, and feedback to address." So those that are looking forward to that are going to have to wait a little bit longer. Love a good RTS, so that's definitely floating around the radar. But that can that can wait till next year now. But yeah, fantasy game league wise, that pretty much kills Salmon off. That's going to require now others to 
end up with blanks, which is unlikely looking at the, the calendar. So um, I did talk about doing a forecast last week, potentially. Mm. I've done a couple, and the long and short of it, I've come up with two scenarios. One in one where you win the Grand Prix, and one where Adkins wins it. And a lot of it hinges on how well Gotham Knights and Scorn do. Because I mean, they're the unknowns yeah. for me. I'm not comfortable putting them. So when when Adkins wins the forecast, they are in the mid to, mid seventies. Okay, God of War locked in at a high eighty, maybe a ninety some days. I don't. It's not going to get ninety four mm. like its first one. That's that's fucking cuckoo land, as Roy Keane would say. That ain't happening. And then on Adkins' side, he's waiting for so Bayonetta three. That's a high eighties, maybe a ninety. Sonic Frontiers is also an unknown entity. That could be. Low 70s or mid 80s. It really could swing that far. Yeah. Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope will be mid 80s minimum because it's Nintendo to it. Um, <laughs> and you've got obviously Pentiment as well, Scorn, Gotham Knights and God of War and Football Manager. Football Manager's are mid, mid to high 80s unless they somehow blow that. Uh, everyone else out of the runnings really is the way I see it. Um, Biff's obviously not going to get a 10 game roster because he put Persona 5 Royal re-release in there so it needs a page for just the the current gen releases of that that's not going to happen and the Callisto protocol is is in December that could easily be pushed Adcock as we discussed last week ruled himself out of some bizarre transfers and Hall the only other person who's likely to get a full game roster now that Salmon's going to fall by the wayside his Life is Strange remastered collection sitting on a 62 and Madden 23 sitting on a 69 just snookers him. It's just too much ground to make up. So, mm. really, it's between you and Adkins. You've been close twice. Adkins, in reality, should have won this many times and many years ago, but he's been so poor at it. You know, with his sort of knowledge, everyone's expecting him to be favourite every year, but he's never quite lived up to it. So, that's kind of where I'm sitting on that. Yeah. I mean, I've got a feeling that out of the unknowns I've got, Scorn weirdly could. I feel like Scorn's a bit of a dark horse from what I've seen. I think people seem to like it. I think it's, yeah. a, bit, well, it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, Pentiment, again, seems to be like one of those games that critics should like. Yep. Um, Gotham Knights, I don't know. I mean... no, it, I, Like I, The Last of Us Part 1, no one wants that game to exist for some reason. So it's already up against it. If, first gameplay reveal critics were like oh it looks crap what's it doing it's like we well, could tell they don't want it mm. they, they ain't interested in it and you know that's sometimes the the trouble but it won't be long till we find out about score and that's that was brought forward wasn't it so that'll be next week yeah. that we find yeah. out about I've seen that. some of the gameplay and this it looks week even. interesting not a Logan I mean it's game. not sort of, it's not no <laughs> I mean it's absolutely it's weird that I've picked it really um but it just seems like one of them intriguing games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that'll do better than I expect to compensate what will inevitably be some disappointment, I think, with Gotham Knights. Yeah. If Adkins is going to trip, it's going to be Sonic that, again, mm-hmm. has looked really poor at times in the pre-release, but is starting to turn a corner. Things like Bayonetta and Mario Rabbids are pretty safe, but mm. it'll all start flushing out in the next few weeks. Won't be long before we've got a better idea, so we will keep the updates as the games roll in. And a game that has rolled in the score, uh, which does benefit Adkins, was Overwatch 2, which we discussed a little bit last week with some of the harebrained schemes they'd come up with for new players in that, that new onboarding process. Um, it's scoring at an 80 at the moment, which 
isn't close to the original. I think that's you know was to be expected in many ways. People didn't really again were like, "What are we doing having this sequel?" But it has seemed to have avoided a potential disaster score of like down in the dumps of the seventy. So I think the polish and the the fact that actually the core of that game is still probably pretty good. I mean, the original got a ninety, so ten points drop, but. In the grand scheme of a fantasy gaming league score, it's not too terrible. Um, what I have noticed about Overwatch 2, though, is just the lack of interest. This is anecdotal, of course, just within our DIMP ranks and the surrounding community because we played a hell of a lot of Overwatch original um, in weird phases, not necessarily when it first came out, but later on, like even up to a year after it had come out, we'd, we'd be in there for mm. months and end, a few times a week going in there, and not one person has even looked like they're going to bother with this. So Dave played it for one night and then uninstalled it the next day. <laughs> so so it's interesting you should say that because okay. I coincidentally messaged Hall earlier. I was like, what, what are we doing about this Overwatch 2 then? Because I was kind of waiting because I, I figured everyone would know that I'd want to play it anyway. So I was like, I don't need to instigate anything because... I'd, if there's something going on, I feel like I'd be a shoe in anyway, like to get Getting the nod what? for it. Yeah. And it's been radio silence. So I thought <laughs> I'll message Paul earlier and see what the fuck's going on. And I was like, what are we doing about Overwatch 2 then? And he went, I've already downloaded it. I played it the other night. I liked it. Oh. I was like, what are we doing then? I was like, why? But anyway, so I possibly might even be jumping on there for a bit later this evening. Oh. Um, but the sickener is. Um, there's no competitive play cross-platform. Mm, that is so because Hall will be on Hall, PC yeah, snookering now. himself again. Yeah, so <laughs> and you're that's, on the old Xbox. That's what we're dealing with. Get so that, yeah, we can only do quick play. Get that laptop on the go. Oh, it's dead. Stream really. it in. It, honestly, it can barely cope with doing some emails these days. It's too much for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're sort of something to come in that space. I would say um, interesting. It's it's had a bit of a mixed reception since it's been it's been launched. Um, mm. I think it's a bit buggy and various other community complaints about it. But that's all just hearsay, which we don't do on the Dim Digital podcast unless we can help it. Wow. Um, so I'm going to try and give it a go um, over the coming couple of weeks, and uh, I'll report back. Well, it got a bit of a rocky start because it got DDoSed on launch day, so the servers went down. So momentum yeah. was was stifled there, and they've also had an issue with this, um, the authentication using the mobiles. Apparently, that the prepaid phone plans weren't working, so they've kind of had to remove it. I don't exactly know what they've done. Yes, yeah, so they've re- they've dropped the the phone number requirement for the majority of existing Overwatch players, and right. yeah, so I mean that. Again, I said hairbrain scheme last week about I mean, when we was talking about, and that's the the epitome of that, isn't it? Launch it, it doesn't work, and you have to just back it down. They may well bring it back once it's working. Seems um, like an unusual requirement, anyway. I mean, I could if they did it on Warzone, for example, mm. or a Call of Duty game, I'd go right. Well, that makes sense because cheating's rife. But yeah, I don't really think that there was, especially on console. It, well, it's this is the theory. It's not the cheating they're concerned about. It's the the tox, toxic behaviour from people 
in the chat. I don't know. Apparently, Why Overwatch. Getting... Apparently, Overwatch is one of the worst for it. Um, might be because it's more, maybe it's more popular than say Call of Duty with a female audience. But generally, if you read about on, I mean, this is all hearsay and anecdote as well. So it's very difficult to pin down whether mm. Overwatch is any worse than any other online game. But in particular, it seems to be that gets called out for poor behaviour from some of the community members. And uh, it's yeah. to it's to stop people that are banned from that perspective getting back in without some level of. I mean, they could still do it. You could find a new mobile plan like they've, you know, new mobile number and pop that in. I, I don't know if you even need to two factor it either. I mm. assume you do because if it's just a mobile number, you can just you could put in list of mobile Anyone. numbers on the internet and you could put mine yeah. in, and then I'll put my register yeah. in. They'll go, well, oh, it's been nicked. It must be two factor. Yeah, it's it, probably otherwise it'd be pointless. But yeah. I think maybe that's you know maybe it is particularly toxic because you are the game relies on you performing as a team, and yes, it is incredibly yes. frustrating when you jump in and you've got a widow maker that's just doing nothing. Got pa- or you've paper got on Genji. Yeah, when it's like paper. When I'm like paper, I need healing. He's like, "Will you come to me?" And it's like, "That's not how it works. You, your job is to come and heal me, not the other way around." <laughs> So I, I get I can understand why it might increase toxicity, but I, people just need to to grow a backbone. I mean, we talk about snowflakes, and you got this going on. It's been in any and every game since the start of voice PC chat. voice chat and everything. Like it's always been there. Yeah. So I don't know why Overwatch have decided now that they have to tackle this. Like well, it was. Yeah. But anyway, I th- that's an assumption. I don't. I, I yeah, like you. I, I, like I imagine there is there will be cheating on PC because there's always there always is. It seems mm. every every multiplayer game generally has some level of cheating or hacking that eventually takes place. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Overwatch is the exception to that, but generally I think it's to keep stop people from reactivating accounts who've been banned for whatever reason. It could be it could yeah. be several reasons, but. Yeah, well, that's interesting that, that Hall's played. So, this is what I don't get about you lot sometimes. Why is he going on that on his own? I don't, what, I don't what's even What's there know to be had? It's difficult, though, because he works. I don't care about the excuses. No, 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 no. It would be easier if he. I mean, back in the day, and I say back in the day, a mere few years ago, yeah. we'd get a group created or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. a WhatsApp group normally, and go, right, when does anyone, if anyone, want to do this? Um, and that seems to have fallen by the wayside, and I think Discord is partly guilty of that. Um, well, I found it. Just... PS4 Overwatch, that's the last one. Yeah. Only mean Hall left in there because all you prats start leaving groups when they don't have Create it. a new one. Create, Create a new one. P- Overwatch 2 group. 12th of April 2017. Yeah. That's when I created that. Yeah. And that was when we was on the consoles. <laughs> Well, I think what's happened in our group is there's been a bit of a split off of the PC people. Like, Paper's never getting a console again, as far as I know. He's going to no. always be on PC. Hall, I mean, he's openly said that he's played two games on his two consoles, and it's been the biggest waste of 900 quid combined that he's ever done. So, crossplay is there, but like you said, if there's no competitive matching for that, that's that's... That's a roadblock if you want to do that. I mean, uh, this is the second roadblock I've had in a week with him because we tried to play Sniper Elite and I was on Xbox and he was on PC and he needed some anti-cheat bollocks which he couldn't get working. And I said, well, just download it on your Xbox and we'll play. And he was just like, no. 
So that's dead in the water and that's gone. I totally now, understand if you're going to stream it because it really is just too much aggro to do it from a console these days. But I don't think that was the plan for Sniper Elite. <laughs> you could have just, like you say, you could just downloaded it. Anyways. I mean, you did want to stream it, but... All right, fair enough. I just want to play the bloody game. Yeah. Like, I've, I did, you know, I want to shoot people in testicles and stuff. Like, that's what I want out of it. Take bollocks, um, literally. So, it's not, you know... This is why it's reinforced why I like having a console. It's just because mm. it's just... I was literally sitting on the menu of Sniper Elite just waiting to go whilst he's getting stressed out yeah. with that. But, um, well, yeah, it does... The group is certainly much more fractured these <clears> days <throat> in terms of... Uh, trying to play something unless un- unless it's you pc lot which seem to organize stuff quite readily um the ones that are split on console it's uh for some reason we're these console peasants that are left in the dirt these days and that's the way it's gone well if i had my way i wouldn't play of anyone online i, I played <laughs> oh, no. four guys last friday of that lot and i couldn't have not wanted to play it anymore but i'd already said i'd do it and i felt bad because they yeah. moan if I don't turn up and I say I do things. So I turned up and did it. Had an okay time, but then thought would rather have played Zelda on my own, if I'm honest. But yeah. so it's not gonna get you're not gonna get a five, are you? It doesn't sound like there's interest enough for a five because you got I mean people like Parky are on console only as well. Uh, he was I part mean, of the last one. There's potential we could we could do it, but yeah, it just unfortunately is uh is much more tricky. I mean, maybe because you know me and Hall are interested. I'm sure we could get you on for a couple of games if it push comes to shove. No. Um, Dave's uninstalled, so he's dead. We'll get paper on. I think it could be doable, even for a one-off occasion. But it's certainly tricky. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult as well because. There's not as much hype, I think, around Overwatch Two as there was yeah, around that- Overwatch. Something's not quite landed. I mean, it's not new anymore, for one. I mean, it's almost understandable that if you'd played 50 hours of it before, would you look at this and go, I mean, like, I've kind of yeah, already... Yeah, but you say that about Warzone versus Warzone 2. That's me or, talking like, as a, as a yeah, single-player loser. But... I completely get it, yeah. but arguably these multiplayers don't change from that drastically from one to the next. Yeah. Um, Something I mean, happened with it... Overwatch where it just sort of fell off it felt like to me it fell off a bit of a curve popularity right wise and I'll therefore didn't carry any momentum into this release it was almost like it's least popular it's ever been they're like right let's get this kick started again and everyone's like well, lack of content right. they they basically let overwatch die to get overwatch 2 out and then everyone's yeah. going why did you let that game die so you could give us this yeah. and i think that's the resounding feeling is that um they suffocated the original with the, with a lack of content, um, and then what they've produced isn't good enough. Whether that's enough content with the model, whatever it is, I think that's the resounding feeling: is that we didn't even ask for this. Really, no. we asked for more content, and you spent all this time trying to do it, and you haven't really delivered that much, no. other than mobile phone requirements that don't work. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I can't see myself ever downloading this, if I'm honest. I'm surprised because you normally at least like to tick it off in terms of going, right, I've done it, I've got a win, move on. It's different though, isn't it? Because this is just, it's just like you play five games a night and you'll win four if you 
half decent team. It's not like a the battle royale stuff feels like an event when you win one because you'll lose far more than you ever yeah. win. Whereas this is a bit more standard, mm. so I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I will be tempted, but Overwatch Two certainly not getting the love it used to get in the Dimp group, but that sounds like it could change. Maybe a, a Logan and Hall stream at some point will get the boys and girls interested to jump on. But yeah, I mean, I can understand why people are a bit like. I really need it. It's you know not really much of a step away from what we've done before. Yeah. Um, but Hick- I guess get Hickson in. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was he? Was he was he Overwatch? Or was he Destiny? I can't even Overwatch. Remember. Was he? Yeah. Was yeah. he Parky's mate? Parky's mate Hickson. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we used to have about I think it was seven or eight. Maybe, and obviously it was 6v6, so most of the time it was fine. But there were these odd occasions where six would get in, start a match, and then a seventh would appear late on, and there was this awkward sort of like, what do we do? Do you just sit there in the chat listening to us play this, hoping one of us leaves? Or do you split? I think we even split off a few times to like two different teams. It was always a bit of a, a bit of an awkward political game of who's, because- who gets to stay in the core. <laughs> Chat. Because the, the well, I operate this thing, and I do it. I do it today. So, for example, if I go online and I see Pete's playing Rocket League with Par and Berry, yeah, I'll go right. Well, he's doing competitive freeze. I ain't gonna try and force my way into that. There's no need. They don't want to play four v four chaos. That'll be no one wants to play that. No. So it just creates a problem. And then either you know, you know you come in and because people feel bad, they go oh, okay. Well, we'll do doubles or we'll do private games or whatever. And it just no one really wants that. Yeah. So I always operate this policy of if people are happy with what they're doing, fine. Leave, like, them uh, I'll leave them to it. But there's some people that don't give a shit. <laughs> and Hickson was a nice enough fella, but he did not give a shit. He would join that and... Put the pressure on. Go, put the pressure on. <laughs> and you go, well, you know, the cruel person, he wants to go, look, mate, we've already got six here. <laughs> there ain't pop. any space at the end. Off your pop. But... Obviously, that's, you know... But then if you didn't have six in future and you had five and he joins, you don't want to alienate him, no. right? So it's a tricky balancing act. I don't um, miss any of this nonsense, in all honesty, this online stuff. So I'm glad... I mean, to- it's our own fault because yeah. nowadays you go, right, we've got six, private party, done. Yeah. It's as easy as and that. And then it just eliminates the awkwardness. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's Overwatch 2 and other political games inside the Dimp Clan for multiplayer stuff. If, uh, if we get some playtime, obviously we'll report back on findings on that. Uh, let's go into the news. Not To be honest, this is one of the slowest weeks for a while. Uh, maybe it's just my motivation not being there. That's, that's highly possible. But really, I, honestly, I could only really find one news item that I wanted to even consider talking about. And I know people all talk about the Mario movie trailer. Like, fine... But I've got nothing to say on that. Like, it's going to make a shitload of money. Chris Pratt's already getting crapped on. When did everyone start hating him? What do he do? Nothing, I don't nothing. think. Someone said it's because he said he was religious. And I was like, well, fine. Yeah, that's but, a bad thing nowadays. Well, like... Depends what religion. That's what it is. <laughs> right. Because 
It's a bit the of a... tribalism's come out. As yeah, a, that's the trouble. So I don't know if it really stands that. It's going to make a load of money. I probably won't. Well, I won't be going to the cinema to watch that. I can assure you because it would be full of kids. But those that have kids, an interesting proposition to maybe blend in their their gaming and their movie taking for for the youngsters. And we don't really talk about the TV stuff on here either because there's so much of it. Sony in particular, fucking got about eight things in the oven. Bloody God of War. They've got yeah. Horizon. Twisted Metal. It's like, bloody hell, what's going on? We've had Edge Runners from Cyberpunk. Halo. Like, you never keep it. That'll be a podcast in itself now. You could run a weekly one on this crap. I don't really want to talk about any of that. So, one item here, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. PlayStation, PlayStation Studios head Herman Holst thinks Sony's future console games will have to wait, quote, at least a year, end quote, before coming to PC, aside from live service titles. Speaking to Julian Chedzi, Holst outlined the future of Sony's dual-platform release strategy. Quote, I think going forward, we'll see at least a year between releases on PlayStation on the PC platform, possibly with the exception of live service games. Live service games are a little bit different in nature because you want to have a strong community, strong engagement right away, right when you go live. So we might, in the case of our live off live service offerings, go day and date with PC and the PlayStation platform. They've also said that they expect half of their annual releases to be on PC and mobile by 2025. So things are a change in there. But it's interesting to put a of loose timeline on this PC malarkey because it's it's still new. It's it's ramping up. Older games are going are being ported over and they're sort of playing catch up with their library. But there will be a, a stage where they've kind of got everything old on there and it'll be look at the new games. What do you make of this this strategy? Is this the, the perfect sweet spot of not nest again, I don't think there's people who've got a PS5 who would then get a PC if they came day and date because you've got to pay 1500 quid rather than 500 quid what's the appetite for that i don't think the players are going to do that but what do you make is this a good good way to kind of keep those people happy saying oh we've got a bit of because some people don't want it to go to pc either they're like i want it exclusive to my console my box which is a nonsense but this at least herman said look you'll have it for a year just you all right and then pats him on the head and then fucking says give you 70 quid on the way out the door otherwise you won't be having it at all mate <laughs> so you said it's not going to be people that got a PS5 getting a, a PC, but could it be the other way around? So I think that's what they. I think that's what they hope that is. A is that what they're aiming people. for? Yeah, yeah. Because is it like, well, if you want to play it, you're not going to get it for a year. So yeah. go and get yourself a PS5. Yeah, because on the Xbox side, that's not the case. Day and day, it goes on the PC. So they sort of surrendered any market of PC players who are desperate to play exclusives because. Now they can sit there and they come to Steam. They're like, all right, we'll just play it on here. So it really is only PlayStation where it's got this kind of walled garden for PC players. Uh, Nintendo obviously is that as well, but they they are never coming to PC, it seems. So you can forget about it. Um, But yeah, maybe maybe that's the way to look at it. PC people that just don't want to wait and don't mind jumping on a console now and again. Because you've got the purists that won't do it. Not high enough quality, not, not fast enough frames. What's that on the console? Yeah, peasants, isn't it? I mean, you're already getting it now, like we said earlier. You're already sort of getting it side-eyed because you know you're not on that you're not on that PC market and halls like well, no competitive play for you. Well, 
and no competitive play for him as well. <laughs> uh, you know, so it goes both ways. Um, I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they'd be doing it to encourage people to buy their consoles. No, I don't. Because I don't think there's a huge amount of money in those consoles anyway. So, you mean those if, people that would that would do that, not the consoles? Yeah, yeah, themselves. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the mentality. Maybe it's just to set some kind of expectation around how long they feel like it's going to take them to port it over. That's, I think, the important thing because so far most of the ports have been decent, like pretty good. They come with DLSS and widescreen support. Um. Why? What do they? Oh, ultra wide. Sorry, not just widescreen. Everything's widescreen now. Ultra yeah. wide, and that's not always the case with some with some ports. Most are. Like Simon was saying most most AAA stuff is, but not always. And generally, what they have ported has got decent. You know, it's got a decent standard in the PC community. Like, although you, you can see they're making the effort here. This isn't just sloppy cheap toot, which occasionally mm. comes over. And they do have Nixis, who has been doing. They just port stuff for them. So they've even got studios in that in their little home that just kind of do this job. And maybe that's the approach because if you think about Rockstar, they do the same. GTA Five, Red Dead Redemption Two, came to consoles. A year later, they came to PC because they wanted to deliver a product that was up to standard. Um, not saying you can't do both. Because there are there are teams out there that deliver a console version and a PC version in tandem, and it's it's fine. But I guess from Sony's perspective, they're not really experienced in that field. It's a bit of a gamble, and it kind of it ticks a few boxes, and it keeps it a little bit exclusive for their console people, and then gives them a chance to put out a good version of it on PC. I don't understand why anyone on console would care. Like it wouldn't bother no, me. I don't get it either. Who who could? play it as long as i could yeah. like what does it matter whether i can why would i want to go to someone that's just got a pc like paper and go Ooh, you can't play it so look at me with my console uh, it, no one's doing that in reality are they well i see some stuff mate on the rounds so, you see these sorts of people popping up elitism and i don't like it um but, yeah, I think it's probably more around setting expectations. So I'd rather know yeah. if I was a PC player yeah. only, you know, how long are we going to have to wait until I can play God of War Ragnarok or, mm. you know, any of these games? How long is it? And they go, well, at least a year. You go, right, well, at least I know then yeah. that that's how far I'm going to be tailing behind. So, yeah, I think it it probably just more setting expectations than anything. Yeah. Um, I'm sure to a certain extent Sony would like to get them out quicker because they then earn revenue off it quicker. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they want to be realistic around timeframes. They've also got a bit of a tricky situation, which again, they've they've created themselves. This is again, not no violins, but obviously they charge 70 UK pans for this on consoles. That's the RRP. Yeah. I mean, they will not, that will not sit well with the PC crowd. That is, it's 50 pound tops. And if that came day and day on on PS5 and PC, and it was £50 on the PC and £70 on the PS5, can you imagine the uproar then? You've yeah, got those yeah, people who do. don't want it there, and you're going, you're fleecing us an extra 20 quid for what will be objectively an inferior version because yeah. you know the PC will have a lot more bells and whistles. If it's at least a year old, you've got that factored in. Oh, it's an old older title. We don't need yeah, to, yeah. to market yeah. it and, and put it as that. I would be not surprised if one day they do turn up on Steam, they're 70 quid, 
Oh, if they try their luck. They don't seem to give a fuck, no, do they? They'll but just they, try and fleece what they can. So far, they haven't done that with any of their, their releases onto the onto Steam. Just double-checking what Spider-Man is. Yeah, forty nine ninety nine. Days Gone. Yeah, thirty nine. has gone down a bit. God of War was... Was that earlier this year? Thirty nine ninety nine. So, look, they're in, that's in the sort of price range of what people are willing to pay on PC. And mm. they don't have to worry about the noise that comes with it. Um, yeah, that's probably a good point as well. So that's those ticked off, these these kind of franchise single-player games. He mentions the live service games will be treated differently, which seems like a sensible approach to me. Like, you want that to be out and about amongst people day and date so cross-play can be enabled and you've got a, a bigger community for your players to find if it's competitive or whatever the structure of it is. I can't really see anything. I'm just trying to think there. what what live service Sony exclusives there are. Well, there's not really at the moment. Um, they This is a shift in their strategy. So Destiny is the obvious one. They didn't create that. Yeah. They own it now. So yeah. that's kind of the obvious one at the moment. But in terms of new releases, I think Helldivers might have been one of them. Um, but generally, this is a new venture. They want to have yeah, yeah, 12 by, I think, 2026. I think they've, yeah, 12 live service games. By the fiscal year end in March 2026. So this is this is money all, printing incorporated. Well, that's what they said. hope for. But if the likes of Overwatch <laughs> with built-in cachet and franchise might struggle, and Halo Inf- like it's not a sure thing. Like, I got a feeling they're going to have a lot of toot they put out. Not toot, but maybe stuff that doesn't stick. And they're going to like, well, flush that away in five years. They've got the best in the business doing it, though. Well, they've got the best in the business at doing single-player narrative games. But as you, as we know, the beast of a live service requires very different approaches and heads and people that are going to strategize and map out how it's going to work. So if they've got people in place, maybe, but they're, um, I don't think there's a guaranteed success. I think it's going to be a bit of failure and people are going to be like, what are they doing? Especially if they go too greedy. Yep. <laughs> 70 quid, and it's a live service battle. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, they've earned this new, not new, but this reputation this last 18 months of being mercenaries like that. Again, you wouldn't bet against it if you were giving, no. giving money in hand. But in terms of the strategy itself, try and put them on day and date, really the most sensible thing to do, isn't it? There's nothing. I mean, it'd be, Absolutely. It would be yeah. stupid to do it any other way. Well, yeah, they couldn't, you know, you couldn't have all your mates playing it you know when it comes out and then you know six months later they go you remember this yeah. well, now you can do it. they just no one would want to bloody do it it'd just be a pointless endeavor so yeah they've they've obviously got to do those live service ones um at the same time there's no two ways about it especially if they're obviously cross-platform yeah no that's what it seems like they're targeting playstation and pc some speculated that they might go on xbox with these just to get an even bigger you know, set of audiences, but they've, you know, probably intentionally not mentioned that in there. I can't see I that. I don't think they're going to cross Des- the line, are they? Destiny's going to be the exception to the rule and whatever Bungie makes, I think that's kind of been part of the agreement that you come in here, sorry, we come to you, you own us, but we still want to do multi-platform across the board and they're kind of separate outside the main hub of, of studios. So they, they're answerable to Sony, but they ain't in the same room. No, yeah. going, they've well, got a, they've got a no much gym. different deal to what anyone else, like Insomniac, for example, have got. They got a completely different. Even when there was um, 
all that controversy about the Road versus Road versus Wade in in America. There were reports flying around that Sonia basically said Insomniac wanted to put a statement out saying we believe in you know free choice or you know and present yeah, yeah. a statement like that. And Sony went, no, don't want to get involved. Sent an email around. There's a, there's a leaked email of Jim saying, look, we don't want to either way comment on this. Like we don't feel yeah. it's appropriate. We've got an international audience, workers from all different cultures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then Bungie came out and was like, "There's no muzzle that can keep us quiet." And then proceeded to kind of do it anyway. It's before they owned them, but clearly they were making their stance known that if we want to say something on uh, a political or cultural thing that we feel strongly about, we are going to do it. So they they clearly have a different deal. What transpired was actually quite funny because all the or most of the first party studios slowly released statements like in tandem so jim couldn't really do anything because he was like well they've all they've all gone against what i'd <laughs> asked and now if i, I can't fire them all because <laughs> i look and absolutely just left it but that was an interesting little political game going on there last bit on sony and this is room and innuendo so not going to warrant too much of a discussion Mm-hmm. A Horizon Zero Dawn remaster is in the works for PS5, it's claimed. Sources claim an update to the 2017 games in development, alongside a multiplayer spin-off, which I would be excited for if it's anything like Monster Hunter, but that's not what gets the noise. No one cares about the new thing. They have been waffling on about the remasters and Sony at it again with remaking, repackaging, redoing games that are... This one will be... Well, it's five years old this year. Um, any thoughts on that given that it's not confirmed could be bollocks um, and all that sort of prerequisites that we have when we have these uh, these room and yeah. window topics I don't know why people get so het up about it mm. like why do we always have to have something new why is there always a craving for like this next thing it's mm. like you enjoyed your experience in that surely if they can make that better, yeah, they'll charge you some money for it, but why would you not want to play that? Um, I think it's an interesting business model that they keep going back to, mm. though, that's kind of cropping up over and over again. Like, where do you draw the line? Mm. I mean, five, six, by the time it comes out, I don't know, it might be seven years old. Yeah. Probably probably not a bad age to give something a go again. Um, but... I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's equivalent games on Xbox. I imagine if they come out and said we're redoing Gears of War three again, which they, well, they kind of did with Gears Ultimate. But my view is, I'm pro. I've always been pro remaster and remake, simply because you don't have to buy them if you don't want to. That's always been my stance. Yeah, no one's forced to do yeah. it. I understand that people say, well, they're wasting time on that. They could be doing something new, and it's like, well, they could be, but we've got no idea how they operate. Undoubtedly. They could be doing something else, of course. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not stopping them from... They're not grinding to a halt to do these projects. They're side projects done by smaller teams and they're done quicker by virtue of them not needing to to do stuff. But I would love to have Gears of War, for example, the trilogy. So you have Ultimate Edition 2 and 3 remastered and, and plugged onto that Xbox Series X. I would fucking love that. Yeah. Imagine replaying it. Yeah, I would. Um, with some of the the older games, with some of the later mechanics as well, like yeah. the original Gears with some of the newer mechanics. So I think 
I, I don't think it's a bad thing to do. Mm. Like, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather play that than a new, new Gears of War. Like, in all honesty, well, um, because yeah. the newer ones haven't been as good. Um, but it's, it's exactly your point. It's like it, it's not realistically going to be stifling progress of the new stuff, if at all. Um, so why not just let it come out? And if you want to play it, play it. If you don't, don't. You're not under any pressure. Um, but yeah, I I like it personally. I think it allows you to re-enjoy some of the best games that you might have played, you know, for whenever. Mm. I mean, I'd love them to do like, it's a shame really that some of the GTA stuff that they tried to redo was uh, ballsed up so yeah. much. Um, they are old, because- old games though. Like even Gears of War, if yeah. you think about that, we're going back to like 2008, whereas this is yeah. only five years ago. I think that's yeah. I think that's the contention that of what's swirling here is that it seems way too soon. We thought the last of us was too soon, 2013, and that got a, a remake. This is even even closer to that. But uh, well, uh, the, the yeah. years are kind of to me the years are a little bit irrelevant because it's what was the technology at the time and what platforms it targeting. That's what's constrained it. You know, it could have come out at the start of the PS4 era. In, you know, mm. in 2023, it would have been 10 years old. Would it make it a, a rife for a remake or a remaster then, potentially? And it's the same thing with The Last of Us. They was like, well, it's only nine years old. And I was like, yeah, but it was a PS3 game two generations yeah. ago. That's, there's a lot that's happened since then. So mm. I always look at the target technology or hardware it was going for and then make a choice there. It would seem a little bit strange to see this again, should it pop up. I don't know if I'd necessarily Assuming play you've it. only just played it again. I've just played it again, and they they unlocked the frame rate, so it was running at yeah. 60 FPS. So I was like, you don't, it doesn't need any more, but, you know, it's potentially one of those things that are looking at. And to be honest, I there is a lot of noise about it. Most of, not most, some of it is ridiculous, and, you know, it will be fanboy warring. But as we've said now consistently for many weeks on end, Sony have earned all this with their own behaviors and comments and the way they're doing things they've earned this yeah. lack of trust or this cynical view of them it's they it's, they've bought and paid for this themselves so in that sense have at it i say yeah you're always gonna have your critics whatever you do mm. um but they you know they they obviously think that there's a uh a good market out there for it and it's easy money to a certain extent because it's low low cost because you've already got 95% of the work done. You're only really tweaking 5%, maybe mm-hmm. 10% of the game. Um, and then, like we saw with Last of Us, you're chucking it out at full price. So, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, it's it's easy money. So whether that's the, the thought behind it, I don't know. But again, don't, don't buy it if you don't want it. And no. it's no arm, no fat. No, that's true. I saw some spiteful retorts of this from PlayStation fans. You know what they say, don't you? Oh, Xbox ain't got any games to remaster. <laughs> yes. It just doesn't do it. It just doesn't seem to be... Uh... They have full backwards compatible. Well, that, that solves it, really. That's what seems unnecessary in many ways, that you can just pick up your mm. PS5, play it at a higher frame rate, and it's it's kind of there, but... Yeah, it's an easy dig to have at Xbox, isn't it? But, um, well, won't be next year, I can almost assure you that, because <laughs> Phil's coming to do some damage. He is going to do it. It's going to be interesting <laughs> watching that unfold when the realisation comes from them blue bloods and they're sitting there 
watching Starfield come out, watching Redfall be a surprise hit, surprising everyone was allowed. But they're still giving out. Like it's, it's, you know, if you've got an Xbox, it's still phenomenal value in terms yeah. of Game Pass and everything that's available. Like, yeah. it's, I think it's easy to throw mud. And I think some of it's done out of spite more oh, than it anything. Is. It is. Um, but I, you know, I still much prefer my my Xbox. But mm. I'm I'm not wedded to it. I just feel like the value, the overall proposition of it, is much more appealing at the moment than PlayStation's. Yeah. If PlayStation offered something similar to what Xbox do, you know, I'd be straight on that. It's it's not really any allegiance beyond value for money, I think. No, I just go with the game. What game do yeah. I want to play? Where is it? Right, it's here. Okay, I'll go there. What game do you want to play? It's here and here. Okay, is it available cheaper anywhere? Here. Yeah. All right, I'll go there. So, so anything that's on Game Pass, I'll go to Game yeah. Pass rather than the PlayStation yeah. version because it's just a, a no-brainer. Anything that's exclusive, I'll jump on there, and you know that's just how I how I do it. Um, yeah, nothing more to say. Silence. Nope. So you know, I could I completely agree. I think it's uh, it's interesting how people get so tribal. I think about the consoles, mm. like which one's better and this and the other. Well, it ain't, it ain't, it's a no-brainer for me. If you put them side by side, the Xbox is better value for money. Mm. Um, but that being said, you know it's easy to say that there's, they've not had a whole load of uh, great games come out and then you can chuck fours at them and yeah. things like that. You go, well... That... It's all taste, isn't it, in preference? Yeah. Like I've, I've yeah. fed it, I, I was really enjoyed PlayStation's first-party offerings for PS4. I thought that was a really good generation for the games that I enjoy. Yeah. Xbox seemed to start well, but then tailed off massively for me. Still played it. And then this generation, Sony's obviously dropped a handful of stuff that I've really enjoyed. Xbox less so, but that wave's coming and it's going to come. Outriders. It's just not the one, is it? It's just not the one. I'm looking, I'm really really want something just to love my Xbox. Like a game yeah. I love. Like, I love God of War. I love Uncharted. I love The Last of Us. Ghost of Sushi. Like, all this stuff that came last year. Yeah. With sequels, if they if they were on PS3. And I just don't have that for Xbox at the moment. I'm yearning for it. I don't know what it's going to be. Starfield's probably the most likely, given that I've yeah. loved those Bethesda games. Avowed... That could be it if it comes later on. Fable, the revival of that. I enjoyed uh, those, but uh, never, yeah. like a new version of that would be nice. Hellblade 2. Stated, yeah. Starfield next year's got to be the one. I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I mean, it doesn't look For my me, anyway. kind of bag. Space um, Opera, mate. Yeah, but yeah, if there's scrabblers or whatever, I'm struggling. So <laughs> it's a concern. But I think that you know they've definitely got irons in the fire. It, yeah. it, it does feel like it's been a bit barren in terms of those, um, I guess, like high eighties, ninety plus single player kind of experiences ones, yeah. mm. that that get all the chatter and the critical reception. The biffs, biffs of this world. Yeah, well, they're he's not just, loving it. He's never been tempted back, has he? Started off with the Xbox three sixty, and then. Since then. Never looked back. No. Well, we're going to call it off for the duration of this particular episode. 
we I've got some game impressions lined up, and I'm going to plop in the Last of Us Part One, the remake, just so it coincides with the bit of synergy for this last topic that sort of went all over the place. And um, Pac-Man Adcock's the man who's going to sit down oh. and give his perspective on that. Biff makes a guest appearance at the end, so those that enjoy the dulcet tones of Biff will be satisfied with his appearance on the podcast. Is that the same call or are they different? Is that a separate engagement? It's a secret as to how he appears. Oh. But it's not, um, he doesn't appear in physical form, unfortunately, but you get to hear his voice. I'll leave it as that. So okay. we've got Last of Us Part 1 coming to close out this episode of Idle Game Chat and we will see you on the other side. <laughs> Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out this episode of Idle Game Chat. I'm joined by the two-time Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz champion, Pac-Man himself, Tom Hancock. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yep, all good my side, all good my side. So we're here to talk about the much, or the very controversial The Last of Us Part 1. Many circles didn't even want this game to exist cash grab unnecessary waste of time waste of money this this was all being peddled at poor old naughty dog and Sony when they announced this in 2022 um before we get into that sort of stuff because your your opinion may well have changed since you played it maybe you do think it's all all those things and more but the last of us as a game the original at least Thoughts on the original? I, I imagine you think of it quite highly because um, a lot of the people in the in the Dimp clan that have played it seem to. Well, I mean, we had it as one of our, our game of the decade in the end. I think you had the deciding vote in one of those, and yeah. So, talk us through opinions on the original as a as a video game all the way back from twenty thirteen. Yeah, so I love it. It's a masterpiece, in my humble opinion. Um, always gone with that word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it's probably the game, apart from like much shorter games going all the way back to 8-bit, 16-bit generation, it's probably the game I've played the most. This was my fourth full playthrough right. of it, originally on PlayStation 3 and then on twice on the, the remastered one and now on this PS5 ultimate edition as they say or whatever they call it definitive edition the definitive way yeah to play the last of us part one as it's now known as forever Mm -hmm. will be yeah so i think that sums it up really the fact that i've gone back i'm not someone who generally goes back to you know more modern games that you know anything you know north of 10 hours probably north of five hours to be honest i'm probably not playing them again and again whereas i can't find myself you know now sort of once a year wanting to revisit this yeah interesting so which versions have you played so you said you played the ps3 version i guess the ps4 remaster version and... yeah so similar to you i think mate um you know i borrowed a ps3 can't yeah. remember who lent it to me played that right at the end of the console's lifespan loved it um then bought i, I don't my timings with playstation 4 get mixed up but i don't know when 
this came out as the remaster in relation to the release of the console. I feel like it was quite early. Yeah, so it would have been... So I think June 2013, the original came out. Then that winter, we got the PlayStation 4, sort of like November time. And the following summer, the remaster popped out. I feel like I've got August in my head. I could be wrong, but... Yeah. So it's within that first year window of, of the PS4. I actually think this is my fifth playthrough now thinking cool. about it. Because I think, yeah, I, I, I played it with somebody when it came out on PS4. Then I've done it myself. Then I played it earlier. And the only thing that frustrates me, actually, I only replayed it not knowing this remaster was coming. Remake! Probably, yeah, they're, over they're, Christmas. Their words, not potentially other people's uh, words. But we'll get on to that. Yeah, so I played it at Christmas. It was actually quite fresh in my brain this time. Um, and then I played it again, you know, a week ago. So, uh, but it's the only second time I played the DLC. So that was yeah nice because that kind of my brain had forgotten that mostly. It's interesting, really, because a lot of people played The Last of Us again just before The Last of Us Part Two came out, sort of to reacquaint themselves. Well, I I didn't, but I know a lot of people did that. But you sort of did it out of sync, and then less than a year ago. Yeah, was, was but you know what? It. Playing it through has made me now revisit Last of Us Part Two because I've only played that once. Been meaning to go back to it for a long time, and I've uh, I've just started that up this week actually. And you've got the nice PS5 patch that's gone in, so if you want the 60 FPS, it's there. So mm-hmm. can, but I know your old eyes don't necessarily lock on to that being an option or understand that's the case. Um, let's have a look at this. So. You've done both the DLC and the main game. Was it a was it a case of rush through Jobby, or was you quite methodical? Because it's difficult sometimes to take time with games you've played before. Because you're kind of like, oh, I've been here before. I just want to get through it for whatever reason. But how did you approach part one? I, I, I basically I played it with a nephew, uh, yep. so passing the pad vibe. So in one way, it was really nice in that he is very good at these games and so clinical at wiping out the enemies and getting through the stages he's clearly played it a lot more as well so it was almost more like a kind of um i was, I was on tour through the sort of wasteland with him because he pointed out a lot of things a lot of the secrets and things that i little subplots that are going on you know with other uh, third party characters that i never knew really existed yeah so we rushed a little bit more than probably he wanted to because i just knew that my time's a bit more harder to pin down for like games and things so was rushing a little bit but he was saving us a lot of time by me you know i was killing us and he was what getting through things first time so it's a bit, it was probably a nice blend if i'm honest yeah it's not, it's not a terrible way to play it and just for purposes that may or may not impact you know how you felt about this full 70 uk pound jobby or did you get a physical 60 pound offer or remember what yeah you- physical 65 i think it was Okay, and not to jump the gun, but is that staying with you at the moment, or has that been traded in already? She's gone, mate. Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, bought, bought, played, sold. How, uh, how much did you get back? Do you remember? Fifty pounds. All right. Yeah, yeah. minus some eBay fees, so I don't mm. know, forty. Oh wow, you're selling them on eBay, bit. dealing with those characters. Yeah, cretins. Yeah, I feel like games are the only things that are sellable on there I thought, you know without the hassle but anyway yeah so that was it um i was tempted to keep it because i've still got last of us two actually and you know like you need the bookends really but i thought no i had to be hard i was like you know this is my system elden ring exempt yeah everything else must get sold 
What's going? I mean, Adkins has started buying. And, I don't know if he's sold stuff, but he's been buying physical items off of Facebook, which is that's a league down from eBay because you have to <laughs> you have to go to their bloody houses and pick things up in the arse end of Essex somewhere. Uh. So not uh, not something I'd necessarily recommend. So I want to read out. I've got into the habit of reading out what's on the store page, just like little snippets, just to mm-hmm. kind of set the tone and get an initial reaction from people. So here's some parts from the PlayStation Store on The Last of Us Part 1. Experience the emotional storytelling and unforgettable characters in The Last of Us, winner of over 200 Game of the Year awards, now rebuilt from the ground up on PlayStation 5 console. Completely rebuilt using Naughty Dog's latest PS5 engine technology with, with, with advanced visual fidelity, fully integrated DualSense wireless controller features and more. A total overhaul of the original experience, faithfully reproduced, but incorporating modernised gameplay mechanics, improved controls and expanded accessibility features. Feel immersed in improved environmental storytelling effects, facial animations and enhanced exploration and combat. So if you're a punter reading that, you think, oh, that sounds like a, a load of changes. Look, overhaul of the original experience, modernised gameplay mechanics, improved controls, the accessibility features. I think everyone's seen those. Not necessarily used them, but they are they are there if you compare it to the, the original. Um, enhanced exploration and combat. True or false? I mean, what are they? Are they? You know, these are things. These are marketing ploys here. But my understanding is that that's not quite how it pans out when you pick up the controller and start running around with Joel. No, I don't think that's holding up in court. If I'm honest, that's uh, <laughs> that's a few of those that are true. Some more that are bending the truth, and some that are outright lies. I would say, but uh, yeah, we'll forgive them for that because they are naughty dogs. But... So, yeah. so what have they what have they done here in your eyes? Because you've cause again interesting for you because you've constantly said untrained eyes, old eyes don't really see the differences between frame rates and things like that. So, for all intents and purposes, there's a, there's a chance that your old head just sort of looks at this and goes, "Yeah, looks the same as the old one to me." I probably, I tell you what. The water effects, my God, right. are fantastic. So that I absolutely know. It doesn't matter if it's rain, puddles, rivers, you name it. It is breathtaking what they're doing with that. It's incredible. Hmm. And the other thing that really helped me, actually, is going back to Last of Us 2, yeah. which obviously is still a spectacular-looking game. It looks nicer than that, for sure. Like, the okay. character models are more detailed, Um Everything you know just pops a bit more. It's it's a level above that. Um, even though that is a fantastic looking game, yeah. So I did notice that everything else. So the animations again are better, I guess. I think it does a lot of like my nephew was put because I can't remember this as much, but he was saying a lot of things that were done as like cutscenes before are now clearly done in the in-game engine, That's which it. is nice. There's you no know. like black screens where it's transitioning. It just seamlessly blends in, Exactly. Which is nice. so, yep. Yeah, so it's definitely a nicer experience for that. I mean, you know, I don't, no one's really buying it. To be honest, in a way, I don't, considering I played it in January, considering that my old eyes are the worst eyes for this kind of thing, I'm the last person that should be worrying about playing something that's 10% better looking and plays a little bit better. But look, Waste of time. Total overhaul, they're saying here, with modernised gameplay mechanics. That's what you're playing it for. 
Yeah, they say, obviously say all that. I, I didn't really know. They, the, the AI on the enemies is meant to be a lot better. But yeah. That's hard to we, gauge without going back and doing a side-by-side, side, isn't it? It's really exactly. difficult. They can say that and you're like, did you? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, we yeah. were kind of trying to figure it out and maybe a little bit, but it's exactly, you know, I haven't played it in over a year, my nephew even less. So mm. knowing that, you know, is, is very difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is really a graphical overhaul, I would say. And then the other things in a way I can let them off for, because again, having played the sequel very well, starting the sequel, yeah. like the maps in it is such a bigger game. Like oh, if yeah, you start yeah. putting in the, the ability to kind of, uh, crouch and crawl and whatnot like it just wouldn't work in those much smaller environments it would then be like a well i mean look it wouldn't be the worst thing like a resi 2 remake where they kind of really completely change everything that's but a then, remake and a reimagining at the same time isn't it exactly. that's, that's a difference there and a lot of people this is you know technically a remake on a technical front but none of the nothing else no. has changed about it it's it's purely you know, from that perspective, whereas Resident Evil 2, they're not even the same game at all. They just share no. a setting and an idea and a scenario. Everything else exactly. is different. Everything else, it's like, it's not, you can only yeah. compare them. I would say that is like the the best version of a, a remake, a ground-up remake. But obviously, it's just not, it's a much older game, mm. Resi 2. It is beloved, but not in the same way as The Last of Us. Like, I feel like... I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I feel like what they did here was the right... I mean, it probably isn't necessary at all, but look, it's my one criticism is I'd rather get some DLC for number two or something rather than, yeah. you know, the, the in-house team spending time on this. But right. it's here and um, <laughs> it, it looks pretty for sure. But yeah, anyway, I just think they can't... They couldn't have made those kinds of changes because, again, if they're bringing in new characters or subplots or anything, they're... They're damned, really. They're not never going to get you, it right. If they started messing around with the dialogue and changing the story beat slightly, people would have been like, oh, "I'm not yeah. happy with that." And then you've, it, but then it begs the question, and this is what we were talking about in the run up to this, and lots of people were ignoring the fact that this is a clear path to getting it on PC, which people haven't played it at all. So, you know, we're, we're kind of we have to ignore that core part of it to make this this statement make sense. But should it even exist? Is there a what, how necessary was this release on PS5 in its current state without those, you know, they say enhanced gameplay mechanics. So people are, like, oh, you're about to go prone and dodge in the middle. You, you can't. None of that's in no. there. This is the same set of mechanics you had in 2013. So the question on everyone's lips is, and why a lot of people have sat it out, is what's, what, what should this even exist in its current form? What was the point? Yeah, it's a fair comment, you know. I mean, you haven't got to buy it, I guess. But my, no, thing, no, is that's, just, that's my thing is just them snarling up the developers when they could have been doing something new. Whether, I mean, you know, I'm sure they're working on something else in this world, but I would have loved some, like, I think you said it years ago, like some DLCs, Jawas Hunters, Mate. Take Me Back. Like that, you know, just even if it was like a little three-hour campaign like you get with uh, yeah. the Left Behind things, um if they do a third part, here's my theory. Go it, on. There will be a present day timeline which continues from Last of Us Part 2, but there's going to be an element also where you go back in time and sort of there's 20 years from start yeah. of the infection to where the Last of Us 1 starts. Like 
that's explorable. So that's my yeah, theory I, anyway. I think that's fair enough. But yeah, so that's my criticism with it. Because I mean, like, they've sucked me and I don't know why I can't. I think maybe just lack of anything else to play at the moment. And yeah. uh, I dropped it into a nice it, gap and it, when it, when yeah, it released. It's, and it just... Uh, I shouldn't really. I'm probably the last person who should have got this, but I, I did enjoy my playthrough, and yeah, yeah. like I, I, I'm fine with it. But I, I completely agree with people who would. You can't argue with that comment. Should it exist? The answer is probably no. It shouldn't. It's not different enough. The remake on PS4 still looks pretty incredible. There are some iffy bits of that. I remember playing it in January, and like the clickers up close look a bit. Yeah, pixelate. They're not the best, but still a great, you know, looking game. Is no doubt about it. It's still very playable, um, and the changes they've made are negligible at best, I guess. Really, I yeah. mean, I suppose one of you... the one of the things is that you said it is still playable, and this version is the same playable version almost. It's just been dressed up, and you know. I'm not, it's not, I'm not downplaying how difficult it is to make these environments and do all that because you can see the side by side there's a massive difference but they haven't made the game any more playable than it was it's still that same framework and any anything that you didn't enjoy about the 2013 version when it comes to gameplay likely to still be present here in, in, in 2022 yeah yeah absolutely and that's the thing like really number two that's the other thing is head and shoulders a better game in every aspect of gameplay yeah um Bigger. which is interesting yeah just everything about it just is better but uh except for maybe story i guess but although do you know what i'm enjoying this story second time over more so than the first i think once the shocks are out the way and you know what you're dealing with mm. it's it is still a really good game they're, they're good companion pieces i do plan to go back to both of them sort of back to back sometime but plans always change what would you have had them do? So say they come to you and they're like, look, we've got money and resource. We're doing something with The Last of Us, the first one. You know, you've got you've presented the option of Resident Evil 2, that being remade and reimagined, or you've got what we've got here. Should In hindsight, should they have just taken a bit of a gamble and just tried to do a bit more of it to, to make it seem like it had some fresh legs in it? Or like we kind of mentioned earlier, was that a, are you asking for more trouble? Yeah, I think I personally think that I just think I, it does then beg the, the question of just why have you know what was the internal reasoning of this? Like you said, right. I didn't realize new, about that P- new show thing. coming down the pipe, PC version. Yeah. It's I guess that is it. It's dollars, isn't it? Really, that is Cause, the cause obvious they, answer. They could have re-released the PC version, like the PS4 version, the remaster mm. on PC. But that would have that would have, a PC Master Race would have been like a bit muddy, isn't it? Yeah, don't look great. And once they kind of committed to making enough changes to put it on pc the other alternative is oh this definitive version never comes to ps5 and then you would have people screaming the house down there saying well i want the peer why are we getting cut out of things this is a playstation's the whole existence of it kind of creates all these weird conundrums and they they probably did the safest thing which is not very glamorous doesn't necessarily get people excited but well it's probably the safest thing to do when you've got a new show coming and you know we saw with things like The Witcher, a lot of people went and picked that up once the Netflix series come out. Edge Runners for Cyberpunk was like a catalyst to bringing that game back. So you wonder with that HBO show, if it lands, there might be a few more people looking to pick it up if they've got PS5s. I'm assuming 
this is now the definitive version of that. No one should be choosing to play the remaster if they've got access to this and don't mind plonking down some money to own it. Yeah, it makes sense. To be honest, I think really it's just one bit of the wording. Yeah. Like they were using wording like what's on the, that back of the box yeah. in the marketing beforehand. Ground and then up. two, that kind of like apps hive mind that everyone's got where <laughs> everyone makes massive assumptions about mm. like, oh, of course you'll be able to go prone. You know, mm. it's going to have modern mechanics. Yep. They never said that to be fair. No. And then they got, you know, to like release all that footage to show people, hang on, like, no, just like, you know, steady yourself. It's not, it's, that's, that's not what we promised. Yeah. But yeah, but that's the thing. But as soon as you start making assumptions, you're you're going down a dangerous road, I think. But mm. I, yeah, I don't think they could have changed anything because I think storyline and whatnot is just an absolute no-go with this. It oh, is, yeah, yeah. It's a simple story, but like the... You know, the locations you visit are a lot smaller than number two, but they're all like iconic. You know, you could probably, like we were talking, like you could probably just name, you know, the places you visit in yeah. the first one very easily, like anyone who's played through it more than once. That works in its favour um, as well. That's what the game is built on. Exactly. So to then design-wise, backwards engineer wider areas that, mm-hmm. that, that make advantage or give advantages to using things like prone you then yeah. oh you then you're losing the luster of what made the original kind of special. It's quite tight, linear on top yeah. of you. Right, it's you know it's it's panic, yeah. it's panic stations when it all kicks off in in small part because the locations are generally quite small. Yeah, and you, do you lose a part of that? So it's tricky for them. But then again, they they didn't have to do this. Um, no, but like I said, I think once the PC version's there. Part two will come to PC as well. The show it'll all be there for extra revenue funds and for people that haven't played it, they get to enjoy it as well. Does any of the changes they've made difficult? Because it's a fifth playthrough, so maybe this is an irrelevant question. But do you feel like it enhances the story in any way? Do the new facial animations, do the new models bring to life a story that was already resonating with people? Clearly, given the reception it has had. But is this just like another little nice step to just drive that home even more? It probably does because they are that good. Mm. You know, um, they are fantastic. Because that's actually, it's funny. That's what I noticed here. Everything looks amazing. Like every character you interact with and yeah, anyone in the background looks good. Whereas the, the second one, Joel, Budget Ellie, characters. Dina, are, yeah. All the main characters look amazing. There's a lot of muddy graphics around. <laughs> it's actually quite funny, like, like like looking back at it and being like, okay, right. They're not, need, they're not important or they might die. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly <laughs> as powerful as that game was on, you know, really getting the most out of the PS4. It just didn't have the grunt to, you know, they, were, they had to cut some corners somewhere. Whereas this is just, this is the absolute best version of this game. It's is beautiful and yeah and again as what you said is spot on like I, without erasing my brain and going back and going yeah that's the you know i'm more involved mm. but it probably would as a as a you know first playthrough there is they you know because that is important isn't it like facial animation and realism yeah, and how yeah. much they can bring you into the world and you know, not cut it with black screens and stuff. It's like, you know, that little fear factor. When I love the Naughty Dog games where you sort of feel like you've done something wrong, you know, <laughs> but you've been shot off your horse and it's all part of the actual gameplay. And yeah. you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still going. So, yeah, it, it probably does add a bit. Excellent. Um, I don't have any other questions, I don't think. Is there any other business you have before we move into the formalities? Anything that you wanted to shout out or mention, either positive or negative, or just a little wrap-up? 
I mean, it's pointless, isn't it? We have this game we spoke about in the wider gaming community a lot and on this podcast a lot. So yeah. it's difficult. I mean, if you, everyone knows it inside and out, I would have thought. So no, nothing really. Um, unless you have any other questions, really, but I doubt it. I don't think so. I think we'll move into the formalities of seeing whether this earns itself a place in the Dimp Digital Gaming Gallery and in your coveted exhibition that you own inside the premises. So we're outside the doors. I mean, we can walk away. There's there's, there's games that are left out in the cold here. They don't get to earn their place in. But does The Last of Us Part 1, a.k.a. the remake, earn itself a place in the gallery somewhere? Yeah, to be fair, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be quite a difficult one, this, actually. Because now you've got to make the decision of how you want this to be recognised within your played games exhibition. So you've got platinum, gold, silver, bronze. I don't give any guidance anymore as to what they mean. People can interpret those in any way they see fit. So Last of Us Part 1, this is probably the difficult part. Where is that going to go in your in your personal exhibitions? Because so, this is here to stay. When people come in and look around, they say, oh, what's Tom played and enjoyed? How you how you order these matters? This is big pressure. Okay, so I'm just going to do it from the heart because how else are you going to do this? I'm going to give it full whack because I know I give everything a platinum, so I'm going to give this one a platinum as well. Bloody hell. But obviously I'm aware that this game has got a lot more like baggage with it, so yep. that's sticking, that's staying. So everything I say now is just my little caveat in that, okay. yes, it's a remake, yes, it's overpriced, yes, there's no differences, yes, the mechanics are a little bit old, but it's still a fantastic game. And like, if you were playing this, if I had never played this game before, and that was my first playthrough, I'd be like, fuck me, that was brilliant. That like, Master Race crowd are going to be loving it. Yeah, exactly. There's very little, apart from games that have a much more, um, uh, like, I can't explain, what, what, you know, like, like Shadow of the Colossus, like that kind of story where it's a lot more up to your imagination. I forget there's the word that, yeah, it's fit your, in, your interpretation of what's Station, going on. Yes. It's, like it's, a, just, it's not character-based necessarily, but it's narrative-based. Yeah. It's story-focused. and you know, This the, is by far, for me, the best story in a video game. Yeah. I just it, It's very simple, but just perfect. Like Most games feel like, you know, games are getting on par with films, but I still feel like, in reality, I don't know, they're not, you're not on edge for the, the story really as, no. as you never would be in a film or a game this though when i think of that hbo show i'm like what can they do there like they can <laughs> yeah, either retell it exact beat for beat how it is yeah or they change it and you know risk probably doing a worse job because it, it, it's perfect is the truth so yeah i just think that can't be taken away from this like if you were playing this for the first time yes the gameplay mechanics are creaking a little bit now compared to what's come since but it still plays nice. It's still loads of fun to play. So many iconic locations, characters, settings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Well, there you go. Adcock, Mr. Pac-Man, gives it a platinum. So that'll be forever there. That that context you provide there won't be there. That little eulogy no. that you wrote, that's not there. People just that's look at that and they'll be like, oh, what's yeah. he on? Bloody fanboy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Got a little surprise to end the podcast. Um, Biff played through this unsurprisingly. I think he's played the game a dozen or more times. He's done, gone yeah. for Grounded. So he's 
he got part one when it came out, rattled through it, and he sent a little voice note of his thoughts and where he wants to put it, if at all, into his little gallery. So I'm going to play the voice note now. Hopefully the we've got a part of his little droney voice, but off we go here. This is Mr. Biff's opinion of The Last of Us Part One. So, Last of Us Part One. Really, really good. Really enjoyed playing through it again. Um, if you've never played it before, it's like a must-buy, um, like a platinum. But if you have played it, as I have on PS3, then bought the remaster, then bought this one, um, Part One, it's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare because they've not changed enough to warrant. Oh, it's crapped out. The phone's crapped out. Technical issues. <laughs> Hold on. Get into the exciting part. Pound charge. Um, tidied it up. Looks good, but still feels a bit clunky. Still feels a bit dated when you play it. Um, I played Last of Us Two straight after. That plays so much more, uh, so much more better. Um, feels a bit slicker because you can go prone and you can. Uh, dodging combat and it, it just overall it feels a lot better I feel like although they say it was designed from the ground up I don't really get the feeling it was it still feels like the last of us one just reskinned um, enemies do move a bit differently um, they're not as predictable and uh, they have changed how the enemy looks slightly so you don't always when you choke someone or grab someone or shoot someone it's not one of four select enemies is, is more sort of random and they look a bit different so that's a bit better um, obviously there's a new gun table so when you upgrade your weapons um, you actually change the look of them and you get to see them up close which is quite good but again that's from Last of Us Part 2 but um, yeah overall it is good but if you've played it um, if you played Last of Us then wait till after Christmas this, you'll save yourself 30 quid because to pay 70 quid for it now is a bit of a scandal to be honest but yeah it is still good but I think Last of Us 2 is better um, so if you've never played it before it's definitely a platinum you should go out and buy it but if you have played Last of Us I'd hold off probably get to silver but uh, I'm a bit of a fanboy so I don't know if that's uh, over egging it but yeah overall very good just a bit disappointed they didn't change enough and like I say Last of Us 2 feels better and more modern so he's gone down the direct comparison route and ended up with a little silver jobby yeah i mean it's it's i completely agree with everything he said and can't argue with his scoring it's just i always think of how you said it where well it probably doesn't even tally up but you know when you can't judge games because like what you're going to give last of us one ps3 a platinum still whereas if you played that today is that a platinum? Don't even run at 30 FPS. This is what I mean. So it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. All I'm saying is like, I feel like, yeah, if you're, if I was, because I knew what I was getting myself into, you know, I knew yeah. it's overpriced. I knew I was going to resell it and yeah. everything else. I'm, I'm happy to give it a score. Yeah. I think it deserves. And yeah, but yeah, everything you said spot. I would say one, a couple of other things actually I didn't mention. One, like the effects when you kill people in this now, like a sad, it's, it's not like, you know, specific to shooting someone, you can shoot their leg off. But you, when you've made a mess of them and go and look at their body, you will see like skulls smashed in, oh. blood spatter up walls. It yeah, is, it's insane the level of detail like on some of the kills you'll get. And also, um, 
the Left Behind, I just thought it's quite interesting, like how low key those bits of DLC are. I didn't really remember them, and loads of downtime. Very, yeah, so like story focused. Yeah. I was just thinking, cool, that's. So I only ever played them. I didn't pay for them. I got them in the the remaster. And I was yeah. just like, I don't know if I would have been disappointed. Or it's, a, it's, it's brave for Naughty Dog to kind of go with the direction they did for both. And I always thought there was two bits of DLC. I didn't realise it was just, I forgot that it was just one yeah. interlinked story. Um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It's a yeah, good move from them. Yeah. Yeah, as you mentioned, it does come with the Left Behind package, mm. but doesn't have the multiplayer, which people have criticised, saying you're, getting, you're paying more for less. But I don't think, I mean, yeah, it's a good mode. I enjoyed it, but the main meat is always going to be the campaigns for these, but I can see the perspective of, well, it should be there. And now it's been spun off into some of its own game. You know, factions <clears throat> won't represent what 2013 factions will by the sounds of things. It'll be much bigger in scope, but yeah, controversial game. Certainly lots of hot air from all sides of the gaming community about the last of us part one, the existence of it seemed to really stir people up for, for whatever reason. And, We've managed to squeeze in two very thorough opinions on The Last of Us Part 1, both coming to different conclusions on where they're going to put this in their personal exhibitions in the Dimp Digital Gaming Gallery. But there's nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.